Welcome to This is Lassonde, a podcast brought to you by the Lassonde School of Engineering. Each episode, we bring you a fresh conversation from the Lassonde community. Each episode, you'll hear stories from engineers and scientists, aka our students, profs, alumni, and industry partners, stories about designing solutions to complex problems to push our world forward. Tune in as these stories will engage, inspire, and delight you to create human impact through science and engineering. I'm Tiffany Alviar, a computer engineering student at Lassonde. Today, we're talking to Connor Deer, a grad from Lassonde's software engineering program. Connor is currently creating software, working in Edmonton startup space, and tells us how the engineering design and project management skills he picked up in his Lassonde classes have translated to his career. He also shares about the value of community and collaboration. So uh, tell us, Connor, what have you been up to recently? Uh, yeah, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, um, this year has gone by really quickly and really slowly at the same time, I think. Um, it doesn't really feel like it's been that long since uh, I left the song, but uh, yeah. Um, originally, when I, once I had graduated, I wanted to take some time off uh, to just, you know, kind of remove myself from the school environment like I feel like school was like a really you know intense period of time and uh, I just wanted some time to you know sleep catch up on a lot of like missed sleep and uh relax and like think about like where I wanted to go next um but with COVID like I didn't really get to do that much like I went camping a bunch which was nice um and during that summer um I kind of like started getting involved in some of the entrepreneurial communities in Edmonton uh and uh had a couple of like interesting conversations with people there. And then um, I had a friend like from a long time ago who owns a gaming cafe in Edmonton reach out to me and he proposed this idea for a new uh, software system to manage uh, gaming cafes Um, because like him as an owner, he uses one currently, um, but uh, it wasn't really like meeting his needs anymore. The creators of the software hadn't really been maintaining it. Uh, and over the last few years, there have been a ton of like new bugs um, that had been introduced into the system and it hadn't really, you know, just kept up with the times. Uh, so when he started looking around at the other available options uh, that exist nowadays in that market, uh, he wasn't really like that impressed by any of them. And so he kind of like saw it as like a good niche that uh, could use like a new entrant, uh, like, you know, some new competition. And so he knew that I just graduated and, you know, we had had this relationship from like, it was probably 10 years ago, uh, when, um, like back when his store had first opened up and, uh, yeah, we had like, we, we played a bunch together and there was a really strong community there at the time. Uh, and it was a really, like, it was a really valuable experience, I think for me, um, you know, just having that, community of um there was like older like players there there was younger people than me uh there was tournaments you know it was it was it was a lot of fun and it was a it was a really cool community to be a part of so um yeah we kind of have taken that those motivations of community and um just like you know sharing uh through you know sharing time through playing games uh and we've tried to put that into the software system that we've been building for the last eight or so months so yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been a really it's been a really incredible experience. Like looking back at it, it's it's crazy to think of like when we st- like where we started, um, and it was just like 
you know, Tim talking to me with this like binder with all these pages of his ideas and, uh, uh, you know, his hopes for it, which is really cool that we've been able to take it now to where it is, um, where Tim is actually like completely transitioned his store onto the software already now. Um, it's, it's exciting. That's awesome to hear. Um, I guess like it totally makes sense that, you know, software engineering directly applies to what you're currently doing. Um, literally making a software for like, yeah. <laughs> the gaming cafe. Um, so would you say that your degree helped you or is helping you currently <laughs> with your Yeah, with yeah. Your job? Yeah. You know, I mean, it is actually kind of a funny question because I, I honestly, like, like that's, that's what I think about a lot. Like when I first started out um, and there was a lot of design that had to happen, you know, like when I, when I started thinking about the high level design of this whole system, you know, um, it, like on the one hand, it's like kind of intimidating. And then on the other hand, I was like, but we did do this. Like we did talk about this in class and like, but I remember being in those classes and thinking, I'm not going to be doing this. Like, let's be real. Like, like, it's good to know. Like, I thought it was good to know so that I could understand, okay, if I'm working under a senior software engineer and they present to me, you know, a UML diagram, then I will, uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll understand where that came from and what like motivations and they will have done, you know, the requirements gathering, they will have done like the requirements elicitation, you know, uh, those kind of things. Uh, but now it's like, oh no, that that's that's me now. That's, that's I have to like take what I take what I thought we were like when you're in, when you're in classes. It kind of feels like you're kind of you know playing or like it's kind of a little bit yeah. you know make believe I guess um, because it's not like necessarily a real. Uh, it, it was hard for me to like translate you know to like pretend that these are going to be real projects. Like, like to me. I kind of had this, and maybe it was a bit of a cynical attitude, but I had this attitude where it's like, okay, I need to do this project, but like at the end of the day, it's going to go and like die in my GitHub repository. Um, and nobody's ever going to look at it again. Like, you know, the TA, maybe the prof, maybe the prof will look at it, right? If I'm lucky. <laughs> um, and uh, and so that was, yeah. It, it's very different when when I'm now in this position where it's like, okay, you know, if anybody looks at this in the future, it's going to be other people that are working on this software, <laughs> in which case, like, they're going to need to be able to, like, understand what's going on. Uh, it might be me in the future looking at it again, because I have forgotten uh, what's going on. Um, so, and, and at the end of the day, it's got to serve people whose businesses are going to be relying on it. Like, this is, you know, really the, you know, a, a very core piece of, uh, of, Tim, of Tim, my business partner's um, business. So it's... Uh, it's got to be strong. So yeah, it's, it's, it's actually been a little bit surprising to me at how much my degree has, uh, has become, uh, has been applied to, to my current project, um, which, which is nice. It's really nice. And I don't think that will be for everyone. Like I, not everyone goes into this kind of role that I'm doing now. Um, but, uh, I think it's really cool to know that, um, you know, my degree did give me the tools necessary and maybe maybe like maybe it wasn't like all every single piece of knowledge i needed to build this but um at the end of the day it gave me you know a tool set to find out how to google and search through stack overflow and find the tools necessary you know and when people start using words like mutex or you know threading or whatever um i have i have some background knowledge i have some context on like like to draw on to uh 
to go to fall back on and not get intimidated by that kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so walk us through what your journey to Lassonde was like. Like, was software engineering something that you knew you always wanted to do in high school? Like, how did you end up in that program? Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Um, so I, originally being from Edmonton, um, yeah, when I graduated high school, I was like, I was like, there's no way I'm going to university. Like, I, I, I did I did fine in, in high school. Like, I, like yeah. I was, you know, fortunate enough that, you know the teachers I had and um the the way that like our education system works was uh it it worked for for the way that I learned uh which which you know I'm lucky in in that sense um but I wasn't uh I don't think I I realized at that point that like how much I really enjoyed the process of learning things uh and the process of you know just uh having a curious mindset and and wanting to wanting to like learn more and so I took a, I took time off um, out of high school, uh, and I and I did some other courses. Like I, I even did a, a semester of, of general sciences at a university here in Edmonton. And I realized that I, I started to realize that I do have this like really, um, you know, curiosity uh, about like learning more. And um, I, I a good example of that I think is I took an EMR course before I before I did any kind of university because um, I, w- I was interested in like paramedics. Uh, there was a really cool show. What was it called? It was about a paramedic who could read minds. It was, it was really rad. Um, I only know. What was it called? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it might've been a Canadian show. Too. I don't know. Anyways. Um, and, and I was like, wow, that seems like a really intense lifestyle, but like also really rewarding. Uh, and so I went and took a course for that, which was, which was a really interesting course, but it's, um, I mean, it was three months and it was very much a lot of them saying, you know, uh, you're not, you're, you're treating symptoms. You don't need, you're not diagnosing. You don't need to understand what's, you don't need to understand necessarily what's going wrong. You need to treat the person alive enough to get them to the people that do know what's going on with them. Right. Um, and, and that was cool to learn about, but I, I had so many questions, you know, at the end of every day, I was like, well, why, you know, do we do this or why are they experiencing that? Or like, you know, those kind of questions. Um, and they were saying, well, that's not really in the scope of this course, you know, like that's not really going to be the job of the EMR, right. Or the paramedic or whatever I ended up. And so after that, I kind of realized that, um, you know, I, I had this, you know, motivation to go for, um, post-secondary education in, at a university level. So um, yeah, I did a semester of sciences and then I realized, okay, school is really expensive <laughs> and it's a lot of time. And so if I'm going to invest that amount into uh, university, um, and this is maybe a bit of an immature approach, but at the time I was like, I need it to be a degree that has gravitas. I need it to be a degree that like has really, has real like, you know, weight in, in society. Um, and I was like, and I know a lot of people with sciences degrees that, uh, don't really like use them or anything. And that's a bit naive because I think, uh, I've learned now that, you know, it's more than just like you know, having a degree, I think is more than just, you know, being able to, you know, work in a job that requires you to have that degree. Um, and so, 
but anyways, at the time that was, that was my thought process. And at the same time, this is when Chris Hadfield, this is in like 2011, 2012, when Chris Hadfield had gone to the uh, international space station and he was the first Canadian commander of it. It was really exciting. And he was like playing music and making all these YouTube videos. And, uh, and that is what got me interested in engineering um, because he talked a lot about, um, you know, the engineering methods and, and, you know, his passion for, you know, applying math and sciences to problem solving. Uh, and like I read his book and I went to see him speak a couple of times uh, and I was just like super amped. Um, and I was really, uh, really interested by the problems and challenges that, you know, exist in space. And they're like very unique. And it seemed that there was a lot of really creative problems um, that existed uh, or, or creative solutions, I guess, that people had needed to come up with to solve these problems um, because like they don't experience those same things on earth. So anyways, I started looking for space engineering and uh, York is a great place to go for space engineering. They have a really, you know, dedicated history of um, working with, you know, different space projects. Um, they've got a lot of professors who, uh, who have worked at uh, Canadian space companies. Uh, so yeah, I actually applied for space engineering there originally. I'm so curious to hear like how, like now you've mentioned that you've, you've chosen space engineering. So yeah. how did you move from space engineering software? to yeah. software? Um, yeah, tell us. Yeah, in my first year, I got really engaged with the different space projects that were, that existed at Lausanne at the time. There was the QB50 project, which was, you know, 50 universities that were all going to launch these satellites to, uh, you know, work together to gather a lot of data for like a joint international project. I thought that was amazing. Um, there was also the CSDC, which was the um, Canadian Small Sat Development uh, Society or something. It, 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 it's it's a it's a competition between uh, Canadian universities to create you know um, a CubeSat, which is uh, like a, a satellite the size of a loaf of bread. Uh, oh, you know, it's, it's, that's it's what it pretty is. small. Yeah, and I honestly, like at the time, even I remember thinking like this really lived up to my expectations of, of what I thought about space. Like when I first learned about uh, magnetorker rods of just, you know, how they, how they stabilize these small satellites, you know, it's, it's, it's so incredible. They use, they use coiled wires around a rod, which just creates an electromagnet. And so then what they can do is that they can, uh, they can like run a current through there. And since the satellite, like while it's orbiting it, it's impacted by the earth's magnetic field. By running, but if you have like these like two or three, you know, um, magnetic rods, you can you can change you can change the position of the satellite by just running current through things, which is which is crazy. Like it, like I always thought that you needed to, you know, you needed to what's that like phrase from Interstellar? You need to like leave something behind to like you know go somewhere. You know, it's like Newton's yeah. whatever law. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into physics anymore, <laughs> as you can see. Uh, so anyways, it, w- it was it was a really uh, interesting um, series of projects that I got exposed to. Um, but as I was like working on those things, I started to see the restrictions of like going down that career path. Um, and at the same time, I realized that, yes, these are very interesting and creative problems to solve. But space engineering has very long design iteration cycles. Um, there is a lot of constraints on space engineering projects. Um, 
And those are both well, you know, well-deserved <laughs> issues in the space engineering space. Once you send something up into space, yeah. you can't touch it. It's just got to work, you know? Like, if it doesn't work, it's it's literally hundreds of million dollars, just like for nothing. And, and how many years of, of work and time put into it? And so, you know... Um, that's why that's why there are so many constraints. That's why there are there are such long design iteration cycles and intense testing periods to make sure that like everything will go perfectly. So, um, at the same time, I was like starting to get exposed to you know worlds of design thinking and uh, you know ideas about like I, and I was looking at, across you know at other tables of, of um, you know software people and I saw this like pretty attractive you know world where you know people just like put projects out like they just pump them out you know and and they're not perfect and uh they don't um they don't necessarily need to know everything that's going on but uh you know there's very quick iteration cycles in software projects okay some of them you know i, I, yeah. the majority of them, I would say uh and i think most importantly for me there is a much more uh, human element in a lot of software projects because at the end of the day a lot of people will actually be interacting with software you know there is some software that just kind of runs on its own um, but I think really the the best soft like not the best but um, the end goal of a lot of software is to have an interaction with humans you know like you know have people be interacting with software uh, and that I think was when I realized oh yeah that's something I'm really that's something that's a really interesting problem for me to think about. That's something that I really love thinking about is like, how is someone going to interact with this? Uh, and people don't really interact with, with a satellite. That satellite. You know, it kind of does its thing, it sends data. And then there's like the part where people start interacting with, with that. Um, but, but yeah, that, that is more software engineering now. That's not really the space systems engineering anymore. So um, that's when I started to realize like, oh, maybe, uh, Space engineering is really cool, but maybe it's just not for me. So, yeah, it's so interesting because uh, Lusand is one of the only schools in Canada that offers space engineering as a program. Mm -hmm. And just as like an outsider, I always, I never really knew what space engineering was about. And my automatic assumption to anyone going into it was like, you, you want to be an astronaut, right? <laughs> or um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I know that that's not the case, and um, it's it's interesting to hear, um, like what different career paths um, different majors offer. Um, mm. There, there's some very stereotypical ideas of like what majors are in high school that they just don't dive into. Um, right. Like at least for me, I thought that computer engineering was just computers and all about them um yeah. but it's way broader than that um and it spans a lot of different subfields which yeah. you just don't know about when you're a high school student trying to decide like what am i going to spend money on to yeah, for uh, sure. study for like the next four years um or like mechanical engineering's are all about cars civil yeah. engineers just build bridges yes um, space engineers <laughs> do, it's astronauts. Yeah. <laughs> um so i guess like what's your more accurate depiction of software engineering to you <laughs> as someone who's mm -hmm. finally graduated from the program mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think when i initially saw software engineering, I thought it was just like people were just making Facebook, you know, 
like people were just like hacking things like writing code and like you know hacking things which it's like an easy thing to like say but then like when you start thinking about it you're like well what does that actually mean right like what does it mean for someone to like like try and build facebook or try and build any kind of software project um and when you start like thinking about how software systems work you know at a very like like the first thing i learned about software systems is that like you have to be so specific you know about everything um and that's uh it, it gave me like a lot of appreciation i guess for software like it's like you know it, you have to handle like every you know possible you know thing or else you pretty much just have a bug um and then when you start even looking at that, like, okay, so you can write code in certain ways, um, but then there's like style to like how you write code, right? And that's like a crazy thing to think about. You know, you don't think about, if you think of code as just text, it's just a program, it just executes, it runs and it does stuff, right? But then you start thinking about like, you know, files, like just like, how do you structure like your folders in your project? And all of those things are actually like pretty important, I think, to creating a successful software project because if if you have a really like poorly designed uh software system you know or let's say you have a let's say you have a, you, let's say you just put all of your code into one file it's thousands of lines long i'm guilty of doing this too um you know uh it's so hard to troubleshoot and debug so when something goes wrong or when you want to go in and add a feature into that system um it's going to take you so much longer to do that than uh, someone who's designed that system properly, right? And the, the the challenge with you know building software systems, I think, is 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 that kind of time management, right? Like um, you can you can do pretty much anything with software if you have enough time. Um, but like, is someone going to be able to pay you for that? Are you personally going to have that kind of time to to work on that for a project in school? Uh, you know, are you are you in a position where you can where you can spend infinite amount of time on something? Probably not, right? And so by by gaining an appreciation, I guess, for software design uh, and applying like good software design principles to your your code, um, you can. Uh, it, it's about like making that process more efficient, I guess. And uh, um, it's it's also like I, I think that the. the the thing that gets everybody into programming, and, and this is true for me as well, because even in space engineering, we take the entry level programming courses, uh, is like you get these like hits of uh, endorphins, you know, when uh, because it, because programming itself is kind of this like micro iteration cycle of you know requirements gathering, designing, implementing, and testing, where like every time you like you, you get to break down these problems into all of these like little tiny sub problems. And then you can like, you know, solve each of them individually. And every time you solve one of these little problems, maybe it takes you like 10 minutes, maybe it takes you an hour. You like, you get this like feedback of like success. Um, and that, that feels awesome. Yeah. That feels really, really nice. So <laughs> we're all just slaves yeah. to, you know, whatever that <laughs> neurochemical is. What is it called? I, I should say that. So I get that. I get the line, right? Dopamine. Uh, Dopamine. Yeah, we're all just slaves to dopamine. Yeah. yeah, at the end of the day. There it is. Um, if you could redo your entire post-secondary education experience all over again, is there anything that you'd do differently? Ooh, interesting. 
Interesting. You know, I'm a big fan of mistakes. Like, I think it's it's just like, you know, that's like that's part of the whole iteration cycle is is making mistakes. Like, you're never not gonna make mistakes. Um, and like, when I think back to my final year, like, I was really happy and content with like, you know, where I was at, how I was like approaching my education and my lifestyle and everything. Like, it was it was in a really great place and so but I think that was a consequence of you know learning from the mistakes I had made in those previous years so um yeah I think looking back um it's so hard I don't know it's so hard to to identify one thing that that would have uh it's weird because it's one of those um like one decision sort of led to this specific path and it could have been like any decision that could have like led you on an entirely different yeah the whole butterfly effect thing yeah yeah um yeah it's hard i think there there's a certain like amount of balance that uh that you need to have and i think that i found that like later in, in my university time but um a phrase that comes up is that like nobody ever regrets uh not having worked hard enough something like that uh you know like you're you're never gonna look back at your life and be like man i wish i worked harder i wish i stayed up a little bit later that one night i wish i would have you know spent more time you know spent less time with my friends nobody ever says that you know and so <laughs> uh, yeah i think not uh um i think like accepting that you know it's important to to have like social time and um, and see the value in, in spending time with, with, with other people. Um, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's important to know that in university, you're not going through it alone. Um, and everything is so much more fun when you do it with your friends. And yeah, it's probably a little bit less efficient to, to like, you know, because you, if you're studying on your own, you can, uh, uh, you can like obviously target, you know, the areas of things that you want to, you want to learn about. Um, but the reality is that you're going to be able to, um, you're going to feel so much less burnt out if you do it with your friends, uh, just because you don't have the, the whole burden of, of doing it on your own. So um, I think things like study groups um, and, you know, making connections with people and trying to, you know, work on projects together um, in and with integrity, you know, looking at you, code copy pasters <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah um yeah i think uh i think like that was something i wish i would have done more early on is like um you know the the, the group of people that i had in my final year like i mean i was with them for my whole degree so it's, it's like i could have i could have been working with them the whole time you know uh and so yeah i think uh just like reaching out and like you know looking for people to work on projects with it's or assignments or just like study with it's um it, it's really nice to do that <laughs> i would recommend of course yeah um that perfectly leads into my next question um and the final one for this episode uh if there's one piece of advice you could impart on the audience what would it be mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think appreciate the value of community right like i think um thinking about how people make you feel and about how you, you know, 
what your experiences are like when you do them with other people versus just on your own. And maybe some people learn better and they just like to be on their own. That's, that's perfectly fine. Like, um, you know, I need my own alone time for sure. Um, but I also think we get really anxious about things and like you get really uncertain of like what you know and what you don't know. Um, and it's, it's so valuable to have people around you that you can, you can talk about those things. Um, and uh, yeah, just like realize that you're just, you're, you're going through this very human experience, like trying to learn things and uh, just trying to like make it through. Uh, and yeah, I guarantee you'll remember the, you'll remember more of the moments with other people than the moments of you in your like room trying to like do the, you know, finish these assignments at like 2 a.m. or whatever. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you for um, that wonderful piece of advice. Thank you again, Connor, for being a guest on our podcast. Connor was inspired to pursue engineering after hearing Canadian astronaut Chris Hadfield. We hope Connor has inspired you to explore how you can use math and science to solve problems and create something that people can interact with, something that helps people. So make sure to stay curious and we'll connect with you over our next episode. You can stay tuned into our podcast and all Lasan School of Engineering activities by following us on social media. We are at Lasan School on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Visit lasan.yorku.ca slash podcast for your episode guide to This is Lasan School.